The FDA is not a doctor. Hmm, think about that. Wildfires and misinformation. Interesting article coming up. And the cops are losing the battle more and more every day. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. We are live on rumble.com. The live chat's open. And Hal, Ground Zero Hal 9000, I'm so glad you put that in there because I wanted to say I did watch your videos last night. First one, a little odd, uh, but the second one, nicely done, very nicely done. Uh, if you want, stick the links back in there so that the rest of the audience can uh, check them out. Nicely done, good work. And uh, I've decided, yes, sometime I am going to do a 9-11 look back conspiracy theories, maybe, maybe not theories, but uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. And we'll be compiling it all into one big show and do just 9-11. Uh, sometime in the near future. Not not too far down the road, I hope. But thank you, Ground Zero Hal 9000. Appreciate it. Thank you for sharing the videos, too. And thanks for coming back to watch the show. Big news. We hit 100. Yes, we hit 100 subscribers. Wow. Look, there are people out there like Dan Bongino, who's got almost 3 million subscribers. I am no Dan Bongino. I don't hope to be, well, I hope to be. It'd <laughs> be nice, wouldn't it? But uh, he is in a league of his own. But what we do here is similar. We are conservative. We talk about issues affecting conservative people and the stupidity of the left. And we will continue to talk about that. And uh, the more you uh, follow and subscribe to this show, the more it helps our audience grow. So for those of you who have done that, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. There's a little follow button right over there, and uh, you just click it. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything, and really, really helps the show out. And again, from the bottom of my old wrinkled heart, thank you so much. We got over 100, and now on to 500. Why not? Who's in there? Oh, Karen Hillam. Hello from Florida. Where in Florida are you? I lived, well, I was born, raised, grew up in Connecticut, in Cornwall, Connecticut, actually, up in the northwest corner. But then for the five years, last five years of my life before I moved here, I lived in Florida. I, um, let me tell you a quick story before we get into everything. I, when I was growing up, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to be a cop and I wanted to be a radio DJ. Well, I was short and fat. And at that time, they had height and weight requirements to be a police officer. I didn't qualify because I could lose weight, but no matter what, I couldn't get any taller. So that career was out for me. And so I went into radio. I had an amazing career in radio. I'm kind of still doing it now. <laughs> um, I spent 20, 25 years doing a morning show, afternoon show, all kinds of daytime. I've done talk shows. I've done music shows. Uh, you name it, we, we put them together. It was absolutely, I don't regret a single minute of being on the radio. It was amazing. And uh, then we moved to Florida, but not just Florida. We moved to Key West. Yeah, the Florida, Monroe County. And by that time, it had been 25 over years. 
This is not turning into a short story, is it? Okay, I'm almost done. Bear with me. By that time, they had gotten rid of the height and weight requirements because, you know, equal opportunity and all that bullshit. So now I could apply. I applied. I got accepted. And I worked for the Monroe County Sheriff's Office for five years before I moved here. Uh, I was uh, <clears throat> a... Uh, uh, <laughs> it's completely gone out of my head. I was a detective for the Internal Affairs uh, detect uh, Division. And uh, wow, what a great, what an amazing job. Yeah, I was the CIA, <laughs> the uh, Internal Affairs, IA. It's not like the movies, folks, but it's a lot of fun. Interesting career. So anyway, there you go. And anyway, Florida, yes. Uh, oh, thanks. Ground Zero has uh, stuck a couple of links into his videos if you want to check them out. They are on Rumble, and you can uh, check them out there. So uh, Karen, thank you, from Florida. You got me off on a tangent. <laughs> and meantime, the good folks at Blackout Coffee are going, hey, where's our ad? It's right here. Look, folks, just give me 60 seconds to tell you about this great sponsor of our show, Blackout Coffee. This is an amazing coffee, which has the most incredible, robust, rich, deep, dark flavor. It is truly incredible. Blackout Coffee, not only do they create this amazing coffee, but they are an American company who cares about the things we care about. They were founded on the principles of conservative values. They believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, traditional American values. They work with local co-ops, American farmers to grow these beans. They roast them and then have this quick process where they pack, roast them, pack them, and ship them, usually 24 to 48 hours from the time you order. So you are truly getting a fresh roasted bag of coffee delivered right to your doorstep. Those bags of brown water crap, liberal tier garbage you see on the shelves in the supermarkets, who knows when they were roasted? A week ago? A month ago? Could have been a year ago. You don't know. You know these blackout coffee beans have been roasted within 48, 72 hours when they're at your door, and it makes a big difference. Look at these blends here. Uh, brutal Awakening. <laughs> Morning Reaper. Oh, man, this stuff is just so good. Uh, Morning Reaper. We got signature blends, partner roast, Second Amendment, no compromise, flavored coffees too. But you know, you always have the same kind of flavored coffees. They've done something different. Check this out: chocolate cherry. I used to love those as a kid. You know the the chocolate covered cherries. Oh my God, I can still taste them. Uh, cinnamon French toast flavored coffee. Now, that's interesting as a breakfast coffee. They've got single-serving coffee pods, five-pound bags if you really want to get into it. Uh, shirts, hoodies, all kinds of merch over there, endorsed by all these famous people and endorsed by me. I'm not that famous, but, you know, I endorse it also. <laughs> and uh, this is incredible. Folks, just go over there to Blackout Coffee. Buy a single bag. That's all you need to do. Just get one bag of beans. Try it. You will be so impressed. You will be back. And no that you're doing the right thing in your heart of hearts because this is an American company that supports our American values. There is a link in our show notes which will get to you, uh, get you to Blackout Coffee. And when you check out, be sure you use the promo code J20, J-A-Y-20 at checkout. That will get you 20% off your first order. That's a lot. 20% off your first order with the promo code J20. Blackout Coffee. 
I am so proud to have them a part of this show. We really do. I cannot recommend them enough. I try not to bring on sponsors that I don't believe in myself because that's the nature of this show. We talk about the truth. We believe in free speech. We believe in America. We believe in America coming back stronger and better than ever. And we believe in blackout coffee. I know that sounds like a silly plug, but it's the truth. More and more of these companies, you gotta, you got to throw your support behind them. That's what it's all about. That's how we're going to win, taking little bites or little sips in this case. <laughs> all right, the FDA. Are they your doctor? No, they're not. And an appeals court has sided with doctors to say the FDA is not a physician. Appeals court sides with doctors on ivermectin for COVID-19. This article just out a couple days ago. This is Dr. Mary Talley Bowden. Uh, Federal appeals court in New Orleans ruled Friday the Food and Drug Administration had overstepped its authority in their ruling that three doctors will be able to move forward with their lawsuit over the use of ivermectin off-label to treat COVID-19. Dr. Mary Bowden, one of three doctors who initially filed the petition, trumpeted the ruling as a victory, not only for truth, but for patients' rights, for helping people to get better, in a lot of cases for saving lives, which apparently the FDA isn't that interested in. They misled the public into thinking it has more authority than it does. Dr. Bowden, a practitioner, founder of Coalition of Health Freedom, this decision confirms the FDA is not your doctor and has no authority to tell doctors how to practice medicine. Boy, ain't that, I love this lady. I automatically am in love with this woman. Judge Don Willett wrote for the three-person uh, panel, also included Jennifer Walker Elrod and Edith Brown Clement. Quote, the doctors have plausibly argued or alleged the FDA's posts fell on the wrong side of the line between telling about and telling to. The FDA is not a physician. It has authority to inform, announce, apprise, but not to endorse, denounce, or advise. The doctors have plausibly argued that FDA's posts fell on the wrong side of that line between telling about and telling to. Wow, this is a big ruling. Didn't get a lot of attention. The whole article is in our show notes. Check it out. Read more about it. And uh, yeah, it's good to see them finally. Coffee, my lifeblood. Well, Ground Zero, Hell 9000, please check out Blackout Coffee. Go order a bag. Just get, get one bag of beans. I Trust me. Trust me on this. You will be so impressed. This company's amazing and their coffee is amazing. And it's the same with me, my friend. <laughs> I live on coffee. I really do. I could not get through a day without this. And in this cup is blackout coffee. So, mm, it's amazing. All right. Coffee, my lifeblood. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. All right. You ready for this one? Georgia, Georgia, oh, Georgia. My whole life through, 
Just that old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. I don't even think I got the words right. Georgia Attorney General, you know, with all the crap going on with the Proud Boys, January 6th protesters, the political prisoners that we have right now in the Gulag in Washington, D.C., and people keep saying, how did Antifa get away with burning buildings, rioting, trying to burn down the federal courthouse? All this Chad Chop crap. Nobody got arrested. Well, if anybody got arrested, they got let go in an hour and a half. Get this. I love this. Georgia Attorney General charges 61 cop city protesters with racketeering. <laughs> the protesters had been involved in attempts to stop the construction of a new police training facility in the U.S. This is Georgia's Republican Attorney General Chris Carr. We love him too. 61 activists have been indicted in the U.S. on racketeering charges following a long-running state investigation into protests against a proposed police training facility in Atlanta. On Tuesday, prosecutors in Fulton County released a sweeping indictment against the protesters who attempted to stop the construction of the facility, dubbed Cop City by its critics. Now, this indictment alleges the defendants are military anarchists who have supported a violent movement stretching back to the racial justice protests of 2020. All 61 defendants have been charged under Georgia's Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, RICO. Cop City Construction Project attracted national scrutiny when it was announced in 2021. But in the two years since, the protest movement has at times veered into vandalism, violence. You've probably seen the video of them launching off mortar-sized fireworks at these uh, construction people. Anyway, they're going after them under RICO charges. A lot more serious stuff. And good on you, Georgia. Finally, somebody in Georgia has the common sense to start doing something about it. Do not put up with this crap. Get them. Get them. When you're done with this 61, charge another 100. 100 and 300. Charge them all and get them on federal charges. All right. Uh, this is a climate story. But because Maui is still going on. By the way, I saw stories today that FEMA or somebody was at, at the scene in Maui or Lahaina clearing out the hazardous chemicals and materials from the fire. It was a wildfire. What hazardous materials and chemicals would there be? Hmm. Climate scientist admits to leaving out the full truth about wildfire causes in order to get published in top scientific journal reveals the other tricks that uh, climate alarmists are playing to get ahead. Wow, look at that. Can you imagine standing there and looking at that thing coming at you? Absolutely frightening. Nature, esteemed scientific journal, published a scholarly article last week 
about alleged imperial uh, relationships between supposedly man-made climate change and wildfire growth risks, quantified using machine learning, AI. But while the article advanced the usual conclusions about climate change, the usual scam, in this case, California, wildfire conditions, the leading author then did something a little odd. Patrick Brown, lecturer at Johns Hopkins, co-director of the Climate and Energy Team at the Breakthrough Institute, publicly admitted on Tuesday that like other scientists keen to have their work published in major publications like Nature, left out the full truth in order to push a narrative he knew the editors would like. Brown's admission corresponding explanation appears to suggest that those keen to follow the science oftentimes are left filling their heads with alarmist agiprop rather than meaningful insights into the actual workings of the natural world. Brown stressed it has become less about understanding the complexities of the world and more about serving as a kind of Cassandra, urgently warning the public about the dangers of climate change, scaremongering, fearmongering, bullcrap, just so they can get published. They leave out a big part of the truth. He's still going to trust these more? Oh, trust the science. Or as Doc Fauci says, I am the science. <sighs> like masks, trust the science. Elementary school reinstates mask mandate. Every, every day we see another story. Do not comply. Say it with me. Yeah, here we go. This just broke. Unbelievable. A, they don't work, they're crap, it's all bullshit. B, it is actually harmful, especially for growing, learning kids. As of Tuesday, a public elementary school in Washington, D.C., requiring some kindergartners to wear KN95 masks, according to a letter, which was obtained by OutKick founder Clay Travis. A letter from Rosemary Hills Elementary School in Silver Springs, Maryland, informed parents that some students would be mandated, mandated to wear masks for a 10-day period after at least three students tested positive for COVID-19. Here's what the letter said. This letter is to inform you that three or more individuals have tested positive for COVID-19 in class in the past 10 days. The school's principal stated additional KN95 masks have been distributed and students and staff in identified classes or activities will be required to mask while in school for the next 10 days except while eating or drinking and masks will become optional again following the 10-day period. Now, this may be some little bohunk school in Silver Springs, Maryland, but it's in the national news. 
and you're seeing it, and I'm talking about it. Slowly, slowly, just like they did last time. 10 days to stop the spread or whatever bullcrap. Resist, 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 resist. And guess what? An article here from the Epic Times says, might not be enough. This is scary. Public resistance might not stop the next lockdown. Wow. We grew up in a country in which we generally assume there is some kind of feedback mechanism between public opinion and our government. Never perfect, but we always just kind of assumed it was there. If the policies were bad, the reason was traced back to public ignorance. If policies improved, it was because public opinion shifted in a good direction. Every politician has claimed to know what the American people want, promised to deliver on their wishes. And that's how it's supposed to work in democratic societies. Governments responsive to the priorities of the public mind within the framework of the settled law. The purpose of political parties is to argue about what vision most respects the people. Well, in the past several years, this has completely broken down. Nobody voted for half the workers of the U.S. to suddenly be declared non-essential. No one supported forcibly closing down businesses, churches, schools. The word social distancing forced human separation. Nobody talked about that five years ago. And practically overnight, a junta took charge of our lives in ways that no public opinion poll in 2019 would have suggested was ever possible. Lockdowns were just simply a coup d'etat against democracy. Unbelievable. And here we sit under an ongoing lockdown threat, uh, threat or a new variant, climate change, whatever else somebody dreams up, and all the powers they used for lockdowns are still with them, still with us. Most of the people who caused this calamity never lost their job, never lost a paycheck. Few, if any, and I can't think of one, that has come out and apologized and admitted they were wrong. And they were wrong. Read this article. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Who, uh, let me give some hat tip here to the uh, author. Jeffrey Tucker. It's from the Epic Times. Nice job, Jeff. Brilliant. Absolutely well-written article. And it tells you why do not comply might not stop it this time. Didn't stop it the last time, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Man. All right. From redstate.com, the reason the DOJ asked for leniency for a BLM protester, you just saw where the Proud Boys guy got 22 years, which was totally insane. Well, the reason that the Department of Justice has asked for leniency 
for a BLM poster, a po protester who killed a man is unbelievable. Tuesday, Proud Boy leader Enrique Tarrio sentenced to 22 years in prison. Not present at the Capitol on January 6th. Pleaded for leniency. Received none. The same was not true for a Black Lives Matter protester who set fire to a pawn shop after looting it in May of 2020. Montez Lee, who appeared on video proclaiming he was going to burn this shit down, ended up killing Oscar Stewart, who found himself trapped in the blaze. It killed him. Died of smoke inhalation. Left behind five beautiful children. Here's what the government's sentencing memo said to the judge. Mr. Lee's credibility states that he was in the streets to protest unlawful police violence against black men, and there is no basis to disbelieve this statement. Mr. Lee, appropriately, acknowledges that he could have demonstrated in a different way, but that he was caught up in the fury of the mob after living as a black man watching his peers suffer at the hands of the police. As anyone watching the world, the worldwide news knows, many other people in Minnesota were similarly caught up. There appear to have been many people in those days looking only to exploit the chaos and disorder in the interest of personal gain or random violence. There appear to have been many people who felt angry, frustrated, disenfranchised, attempting in many cases in an unacceptably reckless and dangerous manner to give a voice to those feelings. Mr. Lee appears squarely in this latter category. And even the great American advocate for nonviolence and social justice, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stated, Mike Wallace's interview in 66, we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. This is the DOJ appealing for leniency to this murdering bastard who killed a man, burned him to death in his shop after he was done looting it. We live in screwed up times. There is more details if you want to read the whole article. As always, it's in our show notes. You can check it out over there. Wow. You live in a small town? I don't know why I asked that. Harvard. Harvard University. When you think about Harvard, Ivy League, Halls of Justice, United States Constitution, where the best of the best go to learn the law, to learn how to practice the law. Well, guess what? This is an article from Red State, and it's brilliant. You need to read this. Share it out there. The headline at Harvard, speech is not free. How can those two things even be in the same headline? This is insane. Universities, you'd think, would be the bastion of free speech. 
these institutions are, after all, where we supposedly send our young people to be equipped with marketable skills, one of which would be the ability to disagree with others, civilly, face criticism, encounter people who think differently from them. Harvard University is officially the 2023 worst school for free speech. This is insane. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, FIRE, released its annual college free speech rankings on Wednesday, just yesterday. It dubbed the state of free speech at the Ivy League school abysmal. Sean Stevens, the director of polling and analytics at FIRE, told the Post, I'm not totally surprised. We've done these rankings for years now, and Harvard is consistently near the bottom. Now, they are the bottom. Harvard, the worst school in the nation for free speech. Man. Yeah. And you know what you pay to get through Harvard. Oh, man. All right. Lighten the mood a little bit as we get set to uh, roll out here and have a little fun with our book. I used to, I remember when I was uh, growing up as a teenager in Cornwall, Connecticut. Uh, Kevin, I don't want to use your last name because I don't know if you want me to out you. Outing anybody, but anyway, we'll respect Kevin's privacy. Kevin, Mike, uh, Lloyd, myself, we would all go to the hot rod races on Saturday nights. What a blast, man! What a blast! I, I wasn't totally into it, but once you got there and the race started and everything, and they would have demonstrations and they'd have different kinds of you know exhibitions going on, jumping cars, so you could go the furthest, and all kinds of crazy crap like that. Well, they have broken the record for the longest car flight. 82 meters. 82 meters. 82 meters in feet. Oh, crap. 269 feet. Oh, my God. Take a look. It's loud. Hang on. Let me get the volume down. And look, it looks like a giant Hot Wheels track. That's so cool. 269 feet. Watch. And here we go in five, four, three, it two, says Hot Wheels. <laughs> one. Oh my God. A lot of room to spare. He could have made it. Wow. Holy crap. 
269 feet. That's insane. Wow. I love that. I'm not a big car nut and all that stuff, but when I saw that, I thought, oh, yeah, definitely got to share that out there. Link to that his tweet actually is on our uh, our show notes tonight, so you can check it out. All right. Let's move on with the book, shall we? It's Animal Farm. We're reading from George Orwell, first published back in 1944. And uh, before that, we did uh, 1984 from George Orwell. We've done mostly children's classic literature here on the show. Peter Pan, Wizard of Oz, Little Prince, White Fang. Uh, but we've moved on in a different direction. Still waiting for an answer, by the way, on Catcher in the Rye from the fellow who, people who own the publishing rights. We'll see if we can read it. If we can't, we'll find something else. The other one I was thinking was possibly Lord of the Flies, which is also a really good book. So that's another possibility. Right now, though, we are in the middle of Chapter 7. Just had a remarkably weird part of this chapter last night. Things did not go so well. Well, let's continue on now with George Orwell's Animal Farm. The animals huddled around Clover, not speaking. Noel, where they were lying, gave them a wide prospect across the countryside. Most of Animal Farm was within their view. The long pasture stretching down to the main road, the hayfield, the spiny, the dunking drinking pool, the plowed fields where the young wheat was thick and green, and the red roofs of the farm buildings with the smoke curling from the chimneys. It was a clear spring evening. The grass and the bursting hedges were gilded by the level rays of the sun. Never had the farm, and with a kind of surprise, they remembered that it was their own farm, every inch of it, their own property, appeared to the animals so desirable a place. As Clover looked down the hillside, her eyes filled with tears. If she could have spoken her thoughts, it would have been to say that this was not what they had aimed at when they'd set themselves years ago to work for the overthrow of the human race. These scenes of terror and slaughter were not what they'd looked forward to on that night when old Major first stirred them to rebellion. If she herself had had any picture of the future, it had been of a society of animals set free from hunger and the whip all equal, each working according to his capacity. The strong protecting the weak, as she'd protected the lost brood ducklings with her foreleg on the night of Major's speech. Instead, she didn't know why. They'd come to a time when no one dared speak his mind. When fierce, growling dogs roamed everywhere. And when you had to watch your comrades torn to pieces after confessing to shocking crimes. There was no thought of rebellion or disobedience in her mind. She knew that even as things were, they were far better off than they had been in the days of Jones, and that before all else it was needful to prevent the return of the human beings. Whatever happened, she'd remain faithful, work hard, carry out the orders that were given to her, and accept the leadership of Napoleon. But still, it, if it, was, it was not for this that she and all the other animals had hoped and toiled. It was not for this that they'd built the windmill 
paced the bullets of Jones's gun. Such were her thoughts, though she lacked the words to express them. At last, feeling this to be in some way a substitute for the words she was unable to find, she began to sing Beasts of England. The other animals sitting round took her up, and they sang it three times over, very tunefully, but slowly and mournfully, in a way they had never sung it before. They'd just finished singing it for the third time when Squealer, attended by two dogs, approached them with the air of having something important to say. He announced that, by a special decree of Comrade Napoleon, Beasts of England had been abolished. From now on, it was forbidden to sing it. The animals were taken aback. Why? cried Muriel. It's no longer needed, comrade, said Squealer stiffly. Beasts of England was the song of the rebellion, but the rebellion is now completed. The execution of the traitors this afternoon was the final act. The enemy, both external and internal, has been defeated. In Beast of England, we expressed our longing for a better society in the days to come. But that society has now been established. Clearly, this song no longer serves any purpose. Frightened though they were, some of the animals might possibly have protested. But at this moment, the sheep set up their usual bleeding of four legs good, two legs bad, which went on for several minutes and put an end to the discussion. So, Beasts of England was heard no more. In its place, Minimus, the poet, had composed another song, which began, Animal Farm, Animal Farm, Never through me shalt thou come to harm. And this was sung every Sunday morning after the hoisting of the flag. But somehow, neither the words nor the tune ever seemed to the animals to come up to the beasts of England. And that's the end of chapter 7. We will begin chapter 8 coming up on tomorrow night's show. All right. Hey, thank you so much for popping in here. Uh, oh, my goodness. I got tons of chats going on here, and I can't see them all because I'm old. I should wear glasses. What would you say? Oh, Ground Zero. Hot Wheels came out in uh, late 60s. Yeah, I used to have a set, cool set of Hot Wheels, as a matter of fact. Spanking works. <laughs> oh, man. Animal Farm, 1984. Silo, Knack, Endgame, Must Read. I'll check it out. Three-part cereal, Wool, Shift, and Dust. I don't know what that is, but I'll take a look. Anyway, whatever we do read here for our next book, it, the, only, the only thing is it's got to be in the public domain because I'm not paying for rights to read something. It's damned expensive. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Please hit that follow button. It's right over here. We've popped over 100, and we're looking forward to getting up as high as we can go. So thanks again for everybody who put us there so far. I will see you all again tomorrow. Good night. Snort. <laughs> <laughs>